In Christianity, there's a, a trinity, as we all know, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. This trinity is an archetype and exists in every uh, religion, every spiritual path, although it has different names and different paths, but you'll find it in Buddhism, you'll find it in Hinduism, you'll find it in Taoism. In the yogic path, it's only one of a number of trinities, however. We could call it the vertical trinity, and the equivalent in the uh, yogic tradition is noted by the words Sat, Chit, and Ananda. You've probably all heard that expression. But there's also a, a horizontal trinity that is often noted by the names of three gods, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shankara. Sometimes people use the word Shiva, but Shiva is actually the fourth, a quaternity from which these three emerge. And they refer to creation, sustenance, and destruction, if you will, or transformation. But you can think of it as a kind of a blackboard, okay, or a whiteboard, which is the absolute. We could say that's Shiva. And then on that, someone writes with a pen uh, a sentence that is a narrative, an ego narrative, the story of a civilization, the story of a culture, or the story of your own life. And then once that's written, then Vishnu repeats it over and over again. It becomes a pattern that gets sustained in one's life. Not only sustained, but if the pattern is pathological, then stained. One's life becomes stained by a, a pattern that repeats automatically over and over again. How many of you have had the experience of doing the same mistake over and over again in your life? Uh, okay, I won't ask you all to raise your hand, but <laughs> seems like you get it. Okay, well that's the problem with, with the, the Vishnu a capacity that once something gets written that's not so pretty, that's not beautiful, that isn't our true self, then that pattern that Freud called the repetition compulsion ensues. And we keep on marrying our mother somehow over and over again. And, and we keep on making the same mistakes that our father made. And uh, we keep on uh, attracting people into our lives who are going to hurt us in the same way and disappoint us in the same way. And we keep on uh, going after mirages of satisfaction that don't prove to be real, right? This is what the ego's trap is. Well, the good news is that we also have an eraser, all right? That's the Shankara function. You can erase that sentence or whatever is on the board and have a clean slate, literally. You're not stuck with the ego that you think you are once you realize you're not it. It's just literally the writing on the wall and that writing can be erased. That's what the yogic process is about. Through meditation, through silencing the mind, we literally erase the tapes that have caused your suffering. And then we can write something very beautiful on that board whether it's, it's, it's the, the life of a saint or a sage or a great artist or a liberated being, whatever you want. It's your pen. You can write your life, your destiny, according to your own free will. Once you're free of the will of the other that imagined you into existence in the first place. 
And once you have freed yourself from it, your life is in your own hands and the possibilities are infinite. You can even go beyond needing to write anything and realize you're the whole board. You're, you're the infinite itself. And you don't need to define yourself. Because like God, you are indescribable, indefinable, unlimited. You can choose that as the truth of your being. And then you are truly living a life in liberation. But you have this power. Erase, rewrite. That is what is known in religious terms as death and rebirth. That's all it is. You erase the ego, it's dead, it's gone. It won't be there because it's an artificial structure if you really wholeheartedly want to erase it. The problem is we love our suffering. We're loyal to it. But my parents created me that way. I have to do what they wanted me to do. You know, or society tells me that, or, you know, they told me I'm just like my grandfather who was an alcoholic, and I have to be that way, <laughs> right? I have no choice, but the I have no choice is written into that writing that you can erase, and suddenly you have choice. So you have to realize that you don't need to believe the writing that has been put on there. That writing was the unconscious fantasies starting with your mother's fantasies and her anxieties when you were in her womb, before you were born. That gets written into your unconscious mind and begins to condition it, just like a, a hard disk gets initialized in a computer. And then this whole program, by the time you're even born, is written in this. By the time you're three years old, there's 20 apps on this operating system, <laughs> and the whole thing is ready to crash. Uh, it doesn't work. It's too complex, too many fragments, too many demands from other people that you're supposed to fulfill. There, you can't even read the writing on this blackboard because there's so much of it on there. So people are in a state of chaos and confusion and they don't know who they are because one line on the board says you are to be this kind of a person and another line says no, you're to be that kind. You know, every argument that your parents had create two opposite fragments, two opposing superego voices, to use the psychoanalytic terms, that are telling you, criticizing you, wh whatever way you go, right? It's like the, the story of the Jewish mother who buys the son two shirts. He puts on one shirt and she says, oh, you didn't like the other one. Right? You can't win, right? No matter which one you put on. You didn't put on the other one, did you? You don't like it. Okay. So it is that kind of a, a double bind that everybody is in. You can't win. So we need to get freedom from the whole system. You can't do it within the ego system. You have to recognize that you're not whatever was written on the board and you have the power and the right to act that part of Shankara and erase it. But the problem is, and what holds people back, not only the loyalty to the parents and the family system and the social system and the whole cultural complex that tries to hold us in place with our identity, even after we've outgrown it you know, by many miles, we're much too big. We don't fit into those shirts anymore that they bought for you. But nonetheless, you can't get out of it because you're afraid, well, if I take all of that off, who am I? You know, 
I won't know who I am. They told me who I am, and I'll be nothing. I'll just be empty, and I'll be floating in the wind, and I'll disappear, or I'll get brainwashed by some guru, right, at Sat Yoga or something. God forbid. You know, it's that fear that your freedom will actually be uh, something you can't cope with. Eric Fromm, a great uh, psychologist, wrote a book called The Fear of Freedom. And it's a very important book because what he shows is the reason why there are so many totalitarian governments in the world, so many Nazi governments, so many big brothers that people follow is they can't stand freedom. They want someone to tell them what to do. Okay? Well, here in Sat Yoga, we don't do that. We actually want you to be free. It is not about brainwashing except in the washing away of what is in your brain and giving you the the realization that you have the power, the intelligence, and the freedom to create your own destiny. Not according to anybody else's model, certainly not according to my model, but according to the infinite potential. And you'll feel the call from your own heart. Once you erase the artificial belief system, then what is your own true self will emerge with its own genius, its own capacities. The problem is you were told that you should do this, that, and the other thing, and, and no one recognized your genius and, and your calling and what your life should be about when you were growing up. They Im imposed the social values on you and told you what was good for you, and you never got to find those deeper resonances within your heart and your soul. You know, in the older cultures, the so-called primitive cultures that are far more advanced than our Western high-tech society, they used to have rites of passage, right? Vision quests, where you'd go out there, you'd leave the old name behind, you'd go out into the desert or the forest and you'd fast for a long time and pray and meditate and you'd be given a new name. You'd come back with a new identity and you might come back with a totally different calling in the tribe. You might be a shaman. <laughs> or you might be a warrior, or you might be something else, but you were free to discover it on your own, in your own vision quest. But how many of us go on our vision quest these days? Usually we cut it short, because you only get two weeks off from work, you know? And <laughs> that isn't enough time to complete the vision quest. So life is not given us the, the enough margin, enough time, enough space to complete that quest. In the same way that nowadays, you know, most births are done by cesarean section. Why? Because it's convenient for the doctor. He's going, he wants to leave at 5 p.m., you know, and he's going to the Bahamas next week. So your baby's got to be born today at 4.30. You might not have been ready to be born for another two weeks, but Big Brother decided it for you. And so from even the moment you're born, you don't get to decide when any longer. You don't get to decide... Uh, what your life is about. It, that is taken away from you. And it's a trauma. The way people are born in, in society today, in, in most uh, uh, countries in the world uh, that are uh, determined by these uh, medical establishments and the convenience of doctors and the fear of mothers who don't demand uh, to have natural births, uh, etc. But we're all conned into going along with these kinds of things. And the same with the giving of drugs to kids just because they, their attention is wandering 
Well, why do you think their attention is wandering? There's nothing worth paying attention to in their lives. And you're not paying attention to them. And so, of course, they're going to get attention disorder. It's not a disorder. It's actually very healthy. The kids are looking for something that's real in their lives. Not the TV and not the garbage they're taught by people in school they don't even believe and don't have respect for. They want to know something that's really practical and really true. How many people think that you get any truth on CNN or any of the news stations? God forbid Fox News or anything. Does anybody believe any of that? I, don't, I doubt it. And, 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 you know, that's true for all of them. Some are better than others. There's certainly a spectrum in gradations. But there's very little truth in the world today, isn't there? So people tune it all out and they become cynical and negative and apathetic. But then, that, then you're part of the problem then. And then you end up going to some psychiatrist who gives you drugs to feel better, right? And then you're living an even more inauthentic existence. So we're in this snowball that's rolling down the hill and nobody's getting out of it and, and, and everyone's going along with leading a life that is just utterly unworthy of us. We have to break free and, and declare our right to live free or die. You know, that used to be a saying that meant something uh, in the colonies that unfortunately uh, decided to kill a lot of other people in order to live free. Well, we don't need to do that. Uh, we have to stop killing other people, but we also have to stop killing our own souls and stop being accomplices in a society that doesn't know any better than to start one war after another. A whole empire that's determined to lead us to the destruction of our planet. It's already happening with climate change and with all of the natural ways in which Gaia has decided that she's sick of human beings. You know, she's had enough of it, even if we haven't. But there's this collective death drive that's leading to World War III that wants to end it all and take us all out of our misery. Well, I say let's get out of our misery naturally by finding our real self and then not destroying our planet and our, our human existence, but evolving to higher levels of divine consciousness, of higher existence. We can do it. But to do it, we have to take responsibility for dissolving our own ego, our own pathologies, changing our own dharmic diapers, not demanding other people do it, cleaning up our act, and living a responsible, ethical, authentic existence. And are we really, really willing to do that? Okay, that's the first step. And then let's go beyond the human level of consciousness. All of the great sages and and, and, and yogis of, of history have said there are levels of consciousness so far above the level we are resonating at that, that from that perspective we look like ants. We're not even intelligent beings, we're robots. We can reach those levels of consciousness because the human being is made with this infinite potential. The spectrum of consciousness is unlimited, all the way to the supreme being. That's part of us. That's not some other. That is the self. We can live at that if we're willing to rise higher and higher in our understanding of who we are. And wider circles of care and of love, not just care for the individual body. Get out of the narcissistic shell. 
and live in communal life in which we care for everyone and not just human beings, but all beings, all of nature. We're creating an ashram in the mountains above Pereselidon. We call it an interreligious and intergalactic ashram. <laughs> we want to invite beings from other planets to come and join us. They're here, you know. We're not alone. You know, every day I, I do read the news. I look at the BBC or some other, and they're discovering another planet. And they say, oh, this one's actually habitable, you know. It's not that far away. Well, there's billions of habitable planets. And do you think we're the only intelligent, semi-intelligent beings <laughs> cr created in this universe? No. And, and so uh, we're going to be visited, if only to straighten us out. You know, I hope they send some really good psychotherapists here. Uh, but we are going to discover to our shock and amazement that we're not the only beings in the universe and that we are not allowed to break the laws of the universe by being violent. And now we're thinking of sending those violent energies out into the universe. That's not going to be allowed, folks. Uh, and, and so we're either going to end up destroying ourselves or being destroyed and poofed out of existence or we're going to grow up as a species and become real adults and live ethically in the universe as cosmic citizens. But this uh, provincial planet that thinks we're the best there is and all there is in the universe is about to be collapsed and dissolved and a new society that is part of a much larger cosmic community is going to come into existence. And the only real question is, do you want to be part of it? Or do you want to be part of what collapses in the ruins of that unintelligent, competitive, brutal, destructive, capitalist system that was not based on love but on greed? Well, we can't continue to survive in a, a world that is based on greed. We have to share, we have to give, and we have to live as a single family, not divided up into these warring nations, clans, tribes. The war is everywhere now. The war is between husband and wife, uh, parents and children. Everyone is at war with everyone, and every ego is at war with itself. That's all we've become, is a massive war of all against all. And we have to bring peace. And the only way to start is to bring peace into your own life, into your own heart, by dissolving these conflicts within your own mind at every level. Conflicts in the unconscious mind, conscious conflicts, even conscious, uh, superconscious, conflicts with your soul, with your spirit, fighting against your own evolution rather than riding the kundalini wave to higher consciousness. Let's not resist what is our, our destiny. Just as in nature we see so many beings who <coughs> metamorphose in their lives. You know, the, the, the paradigm, the most famous paradigm is the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and comes out a butterfly. Well, that's just a reflection of what is the human destiny. We were all intended to come into a cocoon at some point. And that's what monasteries have been. That's what ashrams have been. That, that's what convents have been through history. A refuge, a place to go where you can let the ego dissolve and you're safe, not knowing who you are for a while, until your wings grow and you come out as an angel. We're meant to be angelic beings. Not these pedestrian, terrestrial apes 
that we've decided to live as, but flying beings of light who can transcend not only this planet but this dimension and who can live interdimensionally and intergalactically with all beings in peace and love in a much more incredible, wonderful kind of existence than we can even imagine today. So let's let our imaginations be free and let our hearts be free and live to the fullest capacity of our infinite potential. That's what the Sat Yoga Institute is about. Helping everyone free themselves from all of your belief systems and not imposing another one, but helping you enter the silence that's beyond the mind. And living in that and letting spontaneously the power of that supreme intelligence that's within you flow through you. We're all meant to be channels of that infinite intelligence. Not to just capture a tiny drop of it and appropriate it for our ego and become so proud of it that we then disconnect from the source and we start imitating ourselves and we're stuck with whatever we originally wrote on that whiteboard. No, there will be a constant flow of wisdom and of joy and, and of creativity if you let go of the ego and realize your God self. So this is a community of beings who are choosing freedom and choosing love over hate and over greed, choosing generosity, choosing unity, choosing community. And the community is open to everyone who wants to join and live a higher life and to be a model for the world. So when that old world collapses, there's already the seeds of a new world, the matrix, the, the template of a new way of living lightly on the land in harmony with nature is already in place and we can just move into it and develop it. But if we don't start now, then it'll be too late when the collapse happens and there's no more food on the shelves at Alto Mercado, you know? <laughs> and, and, and there's no more oil for you to use to, to put into your car and there's no more electricity because the grid collapsed, which it may happen in 2012 because of the solar flares that are going to be shooting into the Earth's electromagnetic system. And there's huge changes afoot in 2012. I'm sure you already all have read a lot more uh, than, than you could even imagine before, but it's all actually happening, okay? And so we have to prepare in advance. We have to be ahead of the curve because if we are behind the curve, then it'll be too late. There's a small margin of time left to achieve sustainability as the collapse of the old method uh, of, of bringing food to your table and uh, other ways of sustaining life collapse on us. And if we don't establish those new ways, if we don't have permaculture farms and if we don't have ways of, of taking care of our health and of sustaining structures of community, then we'll be in chaos. And then, you know, it'll be every man with a gun uh, trying to steal from everyone else and it will be a horror. And we don't want to have that hell realm be our future. We're already too close to it. So the trajectory of the way things are going can be changed if we will take responsibility and take the reins of our lives and not be passive and think we have no power to change anything. We do, but it's spiritual power. It won't happen through political demonstrations and it won't happen through uh, 
calling your diputado or your congressman or, you know, or, or writing letters to the editor. It won't happen through trying to convert someone else. It will only happen through your own transformation. And each of us has to do it, not wait for a guru or a messiah. That's not my role. We are all here together to do it ourselves. Okay? There is no one who's going to do it for us. We have to each take responsibility and be a community of equals that are all rising into this higher consciousness together as a family, as a unity. Can we do that? It's unheard of. It's quixotic, right? Don Quixote wouldn't even attempt this. <laughs> but if we don't try this, we're doomed. And this is what all the religions have always said we must do. This is what Christ came to teach. It was what Buddha taught. It was what Lao Tzu taught. Well, but now we've got to make it happen and not put it off to the future. We must be the second coming. And we better come pretty quick <laughs> into our true self. Because if we don't do that, then the window of opportunity will close. And as I said, there's many other planets in this cosmos to take our place. We're not necessary. We're contingent beings. We're either worthy of continued existence because we're evolving, or we're not. You know, Darwin was right about that. He wasn't right about much, but he was right about that part. Uh, you, you, you do have to be fit to survive, but not fit in terms of having the biggest claws and teeth, but fit in terms of having the most love and the most intelligence and the most capacity to come up with creative solutions for problems. We have to activate those capacities. They're God-given. We do have them. But unless we use them and take action and change our lives and break out of the mold, then we will go like the proverbial lemmings over the waterfall and become extinct, just like the dinosaurs. So our uh, future is in the scales right now in the balance. And we determine it, not some future generation. There won't be future generations. We determine it now, whether there will be a future on this planet. How seriously do you take that? How motivated are you to make the change necessary for our survival? That's the question you have to ask in your own heart. Are you willing to be unconventional and do things that everyone else in your life will say is bizarre, and weird and too strange uh, and, and stop yourself because they don't approve of it or are you willing to say no I uh, am, am moving to the beat of a different drum and I'm hearing the voice of God and I'm going to go for the vision that I see and join with others who are sharing that vision how bad can love be Right? How evil, how horrible a life can you be if you dedicate it to the service of divine love and truth and harmony? No matter what happens, even if Quixote can't destroy that windmill, your life will be better for having gone for it. And even if you don't join this community, start your own, start another one. I don't care, but, <laughs> but create beauty in the world that deserves to survive the transition from this culture to the next. 
We'll support you. We'll have a network of sister communities. We have to have a grid. It's, it's not just about one community. It has to become a global grid, and I believe that is forming, and it's under the radar. We don't hear about that on CNN, but it is happening. And so we, we need to be part of that here, and Costa Rica is a very beautiful place to do it. All of the conditions are perfect in Costa Rica, from the biodiversity and the climate and the type of government and the type of people who have been drawn here, uh, the type of culture. There's an openness. There's a potential here that doesn't exist in many parts of the world. Let's take advantage of it. Let's, let's make Costa Rica a spiritual center of the world for the new age. We can do that here. And so at Sat Yoga, we're doing our part to contribute to that, and we'll support anyone in any community doing that. We're not trying to create a monopoly on truth. We don't have one, and no one has one. That, and the problem is that churches have tried to have that monopoly, and they would burn people at the stake if they claimed that I and the Father are one. But it's not the, the case. We are all one, with the mother as well as the father. And that oneness has to be honored in all of us. So it's a matter of following your own heart to wherever it calls you, but lead an authentic life that fulfills you so that at the end of your life you can say, well, I did everything I could and I reached freedom and God consciousness and I transmitted it to as many sentient beings as possible. I fulfilled my duty as a bodhisattva. And if we do that, the world will flourish again. And, and nature, which is eternal, will return to her pristine beauty. That's what all of these earthquakes are about and this sea rise and the melting of the glaciers and all of that. New continents will come out of the ocean and some of the present ones will go under. That's okay. Gaia is doing her spring cleaning. It's a blessing, don't worry. <laughs> Take it in stride, ride the wave, but prepare for it so you deserve to survive and Gaia will let uh, your community uh, continue through this transition. She will do that. She's very intelligent. Okay, don't, don't underestimate the intelligence of the earth as a, a cosmic organism, a superorganism who has evolved all of us into being. We're part of the earth. We've emerged out of the womb of the earth. We're not separate from nature. We're part of nature. We're just a stupid part of nature. <laughs> we have the potential of awakening and becoming a very useful part of nature. That's what we were created for, to be stewards of nature. We don't have claws and a heavy fur, and we don't run very fast, and we don't fly. And we don't have anything to help us to survive except the head and the heart. But we're not using either one today, and that's why <laughs> we're about to become extinct. Let's use our, our potential, our God-given and nature-given capacities to the full, and we will resolve all the problems that the world now faces. Don't be shy about realizing and admitting that you're a genius. Because you are. Every one of us is a genius in your own way. And maybe you haven't discovered it yet. And that just means you've got to meditate a little more. But everyone is born a genius. And then you are told to forget it. You know, and just get A's in school. You've got to be pretty dumb to just want to get A's in school, you know. Because that's not 
reality. That's not intelligence even. Intelligence is realizing that the whole school system is ridiculous. Let's create a new kind of education that actually serves us. Okay, so we've, we've learned to create an education system that keeps us trapped as prisoners forever. Let's break out of all the prisons and bring freedom to our planet. We can do it. That's all. I don't want to belabor the point, but time is short. And so it's important that we make use of our, our season of Christ consciousness to reflect deeply on what our life is about. So we can begin 2012 having erased the old conditionings and live in the freedom and the genius of our true creative power. Is everybody open for that?